All right, everybody, beautiful lovelies. Hope that you're having a wonderful day or morning or evening, wherever it is that you are in the world. Today on this special episode, uh, we're going to be tackling a question that uh, we, we've kind of gotten a lot, you know, through our time actually coaching. And really the question is, so what advice can you expect to get from a life coach? And um, I've gotten this a lot and I wanted yeah. to open this up with my man. You know the transformational life coach from London, Mike. Is uh, what would you say? What would you say, bro? You know, what advice uh can people expect to get a life from a life coach? Yeah, this is an interesting one, Gavin. And a question that comes up on the back of this as well is how old are you, right? And some people are surprised that I'm in my mid thirties because they're like, what, what, what advice can you possibly give me, <laughs> right? It's like they think you have all the answers and you're going to tell them how to live their life and and what yeah. they need to do. But the, the long and short of it is, is a life coach doesn't give you any advice because we view a life coach as, as so we view our clients as being whole and complete and, and not needing fixing. And this is one of the key distinctions between coaching and say therapy or counseling, because when you enter into a client coach relationship, we're viewing you as being capable and able wanting to get from A to B. And we're just helping you with that future, future um, focused perspective and so instead of giving advice we help you achieve your goals we help you make a change in your life and so what I'm going to share Gav is is three things and yeah and for ease of remembering what they are I've chosen a special acronym <laughs> and that acronym is uh, is very dear to my heart it's Mike M-I-K so M-I-C right so my name's Mike <laughs> I've got a mic. I'm recording through a mic. And so I thought, yeah, I'll give the, acro- the acronym MIC, Mike. So we're going to be, you're going to be getting a lot of acronyms through all the episodes too, by the way. Acro- acronyms <laughs> are your friends, guys. Yeah. They help us remember stuff. So MIC, Mike. So the first thing, M, that stands for motivation. And it's actually motivation and encouragement. And this is a big part of, of being a coach, which is to, to motivate and encourage our clients. And just like any good coach, right, in any field, in any, any profession, whether that be a, a basketball coach, a tennis coach, sports coach, um, a life coach, one big aspect is is encouragement and helping our clients see their potential, empowering them, right? One thing I love to do is just empower my clients. So whenever I see them do something great, I would just remind them that, hey, man, this is amazing. You know, like you, you've got amazing potential and I won't stop there. I'll be like, here's why, right? You achieved this amazing thing. So just to give an example without going into detail and, um, to preserve confidentiality one of my clients was having a tough time communicating with his tenants he's a landlord based in the uk and he's got tenants over in paris and he was having a tough time communicating with his tenants getting them to pay rent and what he wanted help with was was effective communication skills right conflict resolution skills and so i coached him through some of the things that he could do some of the ways that he could communicate and we eventually decided that using a a non-violent communication approach would be best and so he played around with some ideas and he, he eventually went back to his tenant and bear in mind, this is a problematic tenant and he got his tenant to, to understand where my client was coming from and make the payment before the date that was asked of him. And my client was blown away and he was super impressed that he was able to, to achieve this result. And I, I, I made him aware that this was fantastic, right? Given where he'd been, all the frustrations that he'd been having with this particular client 
you know, this is someone I've been working with for a long time now and to see his results and to see him getting amazing results from something that he's put into place was phenomenal. And, um, and I made sure he, he felt that. I made sure he felt that emotion was fine because doing something that was amazing for himself, right? Um, sort of like a reference point so that he can go back and be like, hey, this is a time when this worked really well. So motivation and encouragement is big. Another thing you can expect to get from a life coach is introspection, right? Life coaching is all about mm. increasing awareness, increasing self-awareness, but also taking responsibility. So I, I think introspection is key. Self-awareness is key, especially for growth. So again, one, one of my other clients, she was having difficulties in relationships, right? And it was always his fault, her fault, their fault, right? But very rarely was I hearing this is what I did in this situation. This was my role, my responsibility within this relationship. So, so I hope to get some introspection and to get her to become aware of how she was showing up in that relationship, how she was communicating her feelings and her needs in the, in the relationship and how she was making requests that would satisfy her needs and protect her boundaries, right? Basically getting her to take personal responsibility. And so from that place of introspection, she was able to then take responsibility, take ownership, and then grow in her relationships. And, and, and she sent me an amazing WhatsApp message months after we finished our coaching conversations saying that she also had uh, an amazing conversation with someone in her family. And the person that she was speaking to was actually surprised that she was communicating in this way. But she, she stopped putting the blame on other people and started looking to herself as to how she can take responsibility. So introspection is a big one for for personal mm. development and growth. That's a a really important one right there, kind of transforming blame into saying, how did I actually play a part in that? And then communicating that to the other person in in a way where, hey, I'm taking responsibility for for my my part in this. So there's not like a back and forth that any type of like friction that's caused, it can create a place of disarming the other person. And then from that place of nonviolent communication, there's a great book that's what you're referring to. So for those who aren't uh, aren't well versed in it, there's a book called Nonviolent Communication. I forgot who the authors are. Uh, um, I've got it right here. <clears throat> yeah, so this is important. We just wanted to be able to also on the show to share some resources. When it comes to communication, uh, this is definitely a well sought out book for sure. Yeah, absolutely. His last name is Rosenberg. I can't remember his first name right now. But yeah, for, yeah exactly. It, it disarms the other person. Um, because you're not blaming, you're rather showing the other person how you feel. You're, you're effect- effectively becoming vulnerable, right? Showing your emotions and showing how you feel, communicating what you want, and then just simply making a request of that person. So, so having this introspection is really a powerful place from which to communicate. So, so that's another thing that a coach will help you get. And then a the final thing in this acronym, the C, and that's t- to challenge, right? Challenging, um, challenging my clients is, is key because sometimes they might have limiting beliefs like they may want to achieve something but they're not they don't have the belief that they can do it so so being able to to just challenge those beliefs and not not in a way that like hey Gavin that's wrong right that's bs but rather to to disarm or or um, diffuse that limiting belief by simply asking questions right like um like, what evidence do you have that that belief is true? And really just finding out what the source of that belief is and um, challenging assumptions, right? Sometimes I hear phrases like, oh, um, she, she, she always blames me for stuff, right? 
And then I might question, like, always? Like, does she always blame you? Like, how many times has she blamed you in the last week? And then what we might find is actually that belief is completely null and void. And, and so being able to, to motivate and encourage my clients, being able to, to help them gain introspection and challenging their beliefs, uh, I find from that they're able to peel off the layers that are holding them back from getting from A to B, allows them to take responsibility for their life, allows them to stop blaming others and to take personal ownership and allows them to feel great along the way, right? So, so those are the things that I do. So it's less about advice, but it's all about empowering and encouraging my clients to be the best versions of themselves that they can be. So those are some of the approaches I use. How about you, Gavin? Like, what are some of the things you do? Uh, let me uh, see. So actually for me, just do a quick summary once again for, for Mike. He said the MIC, you like yeah. really motivation, using a place of positive reinforcement, encouraging our clients to, to really access their capacity to reach these goals that they set for themselves, to get attuned to the purpose of why they're working for their goals. And also that introspection, the I, of learning to really take personal responsibility for your life. And that creates a path for just better relationships, better connections with other people when you take responsibility. And then the last one is challenging, really being tactful in challenging other people's beliefs and the assumptions that they have that might be self-sabotaging the success that they really want. Very totally. good, man. Yeah, man. And, and so my coaching is the same. All three of those are are just as pertinent. And um, I'm have and on top of that, I, I'll go with the three P's. Okay, three the P's. three P's. So yeah. So the first one, as uh, Mike had mentioned in the beginning too, is just like rather than really giving advice, the power of a coach is really holding the space for people to dig deep. And with the first P, it's probing, right? So that's the power of questions. Now, if you think about like just how the thoughts that we have throughout the day, you know, neuroscientists may say we have any where between 40,000 to 100,000 thoughts. They haven't been set on exactly, but that's like the ballpark range that I've read about. And when we think about uh, these thoughts, there actually can be questions that can presuppose any thought that we have. So for instance, if you just think about the thought that like, oh, um, I need to work out. Uh, A presupposing question could be, um, do I need to work out? Yes, I need to work out. Uh, I'm hungry, are you hungry? So not necessarily that you're asking yourself that question, and yet we have all of these thoughts, a lot of which are on autopilot, Mm -hmm. because a lot of our thoughts are just figments of the thoughts that we had yesterday and the day before that. And unless we take the time to actually schedule new questions into our life, whether it's something as simple as gratitude questions, like what is something that you can be grateful for that you might not fully be grateful for right now? can it's opening a door for new kinds of thoughts new kinds of answers to actually arise so by asking these kinds of questions and they're typically empowering open-ended questions empowering open-ended questions like how might this actually benefit your life if you were to actually live into it feel that feel that for a second if you were going to live into this if you were going to live into more compassion today breathe into that how would that benefit your life today How would that benefit the conversation that you're about to have with your mom if there was more compassion? Feel into that. Slowing it down, probing, that's asking a new question for them to actually get attuned to that. Not to give me an intellectual answer. To give me an answer that's aligned with their emotions and their intellect. When there's an alignment in there and they can feel that, 
they can start to think something differently and they see new lines of action. It's the power of probing. Yeah, and, and that's really powerful. I just want to highlight the empowering open-ended questions because that's really where yes. a, a client can expand their thinking, right? So so one of the reasons why a client might come to a coach is because they, they need some clarity and they might be looking at things from a very narrow perspective. And when you, op- when you ask an open-ended question, which is empowering, it gets their mind to just look at... Com- so many different angles and possibilities that they may never have thought about before. So that's a super powerful, man. Powerful problem questions for sure. Absolutely. And so like, you know, people that have these coach have coaches too, they might be like, what? So what good is that? You know, when you're not going to really be giving advice. And so, so you see this right here, just the power of when you ask the questions, you slow down, you build the trust and through probing, it requires a sense of resourcefulness from the client to where now these questions, they can start scheduling and, and become turning into a habit in their everyday life. Mm. And so really, my role, one of my roles as a coach is coaching people to live into higher quality, empowering open-ended questions. Mm. And when you do that, it starts to trigger different kinds of thoughts that opens up different lines of action that changes one's life. Mm. Questions change one's life. You think about any type of science, any type of research that's done, they have a hypothesis and it's usually addressing a question. Hmm. All science is based on helping to address questions, right? Tim Ferriss, one of the uh, biggest, uh, pretty much like uh, hyper learners in the world, probably world renowned, one of his things in the Tool of Titans, uh, one of his uh, more recent books, he talked about how He's been spending a lot more time now that he's in his 40s really pondering uh, higher quality questions that he asks himself on a regular basis because his whole role is about reverse engineering um, different types of crafts and skills that he takes on, not to necessarily become a master at it, but become very proficient. And so by reverse engineering, he has to ask himself a certain set of questions to help uh, understand the technicality behind a certain type of skill, whether it's archery, whether it's cooking, whether it's working out on trying to find the fastest way to to up up level as quickly as possible and as effectively as possible and it's through questions so probing is the first p the second p is perspective perspective now one of the tenets yeah perspective for sure and one of the things that um i am very adamant about in my coaching is i believe that language shapes your reality so much like what Mike had said during the last portion is that, you know, when he heard a client that says all or nothing language, which is, can be a very tricky piece because it's like, oh, they always do this. They never do this. Or I always do this. I always wake up late. It's like, do you, do you always? You're right. So it's just like it's it's uh, knowing when to really appropriately intrude. I call it is it's kind of like get, getting into the conversation, taking ownership and leadership of seeing, yo, is this really going to be serving the client for the, this person to consistently vent or do we need to just interrupt the pattern, which is a really important piece in changing a belief? You have to first build trust. Once the trust is built, usually that's what brings a client and a coach together. Uh, one of the components is trust. And then the second part is that is when we start seeing people getting to a certain habit of thinking again, it's, it's important to disrupt the pattern. That'll create a different change in perspective, whether it's just like even changing the perspective in, in the form of a question. Hey, what did you have today? What did you eat today, man? Why are you asking me that question? I'm just wondering, what did you eat today? <laughs> oh, I just had like a Danish. Good, cool. Like, did you, was there nuts on it and stuff? Okay, cool. Anyways, what are we talking about again? Tell me about that, nice. right? And that seems like totally random, but really it's very methodical in the sense where you're disrupting that person's pattern. Now he has to think about the croissant or the donut that he ate, and then he returns back to it. Mm-hmm. Now that could bring a lightness, that could bring a less significance to what they're talking about that opens up new lines of thought, 
you know, yeah. which can create new lines of actions to take. That's so funny. That's, that's such a good thing to do. And people do it in so many different ways as well. Like in, uh, if you want to disarm someone as well, who's very like emotionally heightened right now. I remember when I used to work in customer service, like a customer would come into the shop yeah. and they were angry, right? Their, their product wasn't working. And then instead of engaging in that conversation, I'll just complete, I'll ask some logical questions. Like, um, oh, how far are you traveling today? And they'll have to think about it. What, what did you say your name was again? They'll have to think about it. And suddenly they've forgotten that they're emotionally angry or, or frustrated. So yeah, absolutely. That's a very, very uh, uh, good way of, um, of, of engaging a client and changing and getting them to change their pattern of behavior and think in a different line. So works Exactly. Yeah. And you know, like if this is really a place of, uh, of challenging not only their beliefs, it's challenging also social conventions too. Mm-hmm. Like for one of my things in my coaching is I offer a lot of space for silence where I'm actually being silent and I might ask a question or they might say something and then I'm, I just shut up, dude. And usually it's over Zoom, so like I'm just nodding, you know, as a form of empathy, like. And when that happens, man, it sometimes it, it causes them where they start to look down and they start to think more of like, did I really mean what I just said right there? What, yeah. what, what, what is this, you know? And yeah. and then they, they slow down, like, let me actually think about that for a second. And so I create the space to where first, silence is powerful. Silence is not awkward. Silence is a place to look in, to be introspective, your eye, right? And to really think deeply about it. And silence can be one of the uh, most powerful uh, ways of people becoming resourceful to really find their motives, right? Which is really linked to motivation, right? Motive, motivation, their purpose, the purpose and reasons for doing the things that they do, which is really the horsepower for wanting to move forward towards anything that they set for themselves. Mm-hmm. Giving that the perspective and to give even to give you another one, another powerful part of being a perspective is usually it involves other people, you know, um, uh, in different goals that they set, it involves other people, maybe whether it's at work, whether it's home with their spouse, had a client, had a really um, rough uh, time just communicating with his father, you know, and so we did a role playing game. First, let it into a guided, like kind of a guided visualization, just imagining, I'd like you just to imagine uh, your father when he was a little kid. Just looking, look now look into his eyes, through his eyes into the world. Where, who was his mom? Where is she? You know, four years old, just walking around. Where's his father? His father wasn't really around, you know. Now see, see him starting to get older. Like now you're, you know, you're starting to get older, right? He's going to school now. Had to drop out early. Had to work hard. Lived, lived in a rough neighborhood. Had to fight. Had to fight. Dog eat dog world. He didn't have a father to lean back on. So he's trying to navigate a world without necessarily a role model gone to a gang life. Hmm. How does that feel as a kid, as a teenager? He's trying to find family, trying to find a male role model in places and the only ones that he can were banging. He didn't know anymore. So now what is that doing? That's creating a perspective of compassion. And then after that, we got to role play with each other around a conversation that was difficult, you know? But by setting that frame of slowing it down, creating silence, so that he can so that he can feel how his father's life had been and from a place of compassion right perspective for me is usually helping people to get more attuned to compassion for uh, uh, their their own situation and for other people's uh, situation 
which could even be about learning to embrace and to feel for the suffering of somebody else, you know? Empathy could be about feeling what another person's feeling. Compassion uh, is, in, in a way, it's about really feeling into the suffering of another individual. Sympathy, see, so there's distinctions. This is another powerful thing around coaching is co coaching people on distinctions. Empathy, compassion, and sympathy to me are different. You have sympathy where you can feel the uh, almost like the suffering of somebody else and then you cast a judgment on it, which is you feel bad for them now. Compassion is you feel for the suffering of another individual where empathy is like in any case, you're just feeling for the other person without judgment. You know, and so when people can understand that there's different types of distinctions that are that that we that they have, then it's it's easier for them to make decisions based on it because they it appeals to now they have more constructs to actually work with. Through the role playing, he was able to see more about like, man, my father just is doing the best he can with the resources that he had available. And not not on an intellectual level. That was like he felt that. Tears were coming down his eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Powerful exercise. And so until that happens, they they're just looking through their own lens, right? And they're helping them get a completely different paradigm about the whole thing. If you don't slow it down enough, they'll they'll intellectually it's it, it requires a lot of EQ and coaching because they could just be like, Yeah, I got it. They don't get it. They just, they, they it was a self-righteous, I got it, you know, and it's really just slowing that down. And so the last part, the last P is play. So play is a place of curiosity, you know? So I'm, I, for me, I'm like a, I feel like I'm a methodical little kid when I'm coaching. And so I'm just, I'm constantly curious about what it is that they mean. So one of the common things that I'll ask, uh, I'll, I'll ask a lot of whys. I go through the seven levels of why with my client. Um, if they want anything, I always go through seven levels of why. Why do you want that? Mm. Oh, I want that because it's going to make me feel good. Why is that important for you to feel good? Because when I feel good, I do good. Why is that important for you to feel like you have to do good in life? What does doing good even mean to you? Right? So I usually say why. I do a lot of why questions like a really annoying why guy <laughs> in a playful way. Yeah, the why guy, like kind of like what Tony Robbins says. He's like, I don't coach people on how to be more motivated. I coach them on their whys. And when they know their whys, they'll find a way. And so I coach people on their whys. And what does that mean to you? Really, really interesting. What does success really mean to you? Yeah, okay, okay, got it, interesting. You know, and it's just really playing into it. And when people really get attuned to that, and you go deeper and deeper and deeper, and they get moved emotionally, you hit something. You hit something and holding the space through probing, through creating perspective, allowing space for silence, acknowledging, validating their feelings, opening up a space for them to really relate and to feel compassion for themselves and for other people's journeys to see that if they were another person uh, with the exact same thoughts, doing the exact same things at the exact same time when the other person did it, they would be the exact same person. Mm -hmm. They would be the exact same person. That's deep as fuck, dude. <laughs> That's so deep right there. And it's just like, they would, you'd be doing the exact same thing if you were them. You would be. But you can't just say that right in the beginning. You kind of take them on this journey to, 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 for them to feel it through guided visualization, to feel the compassion for each other leading into a role play situation, then to being like, what did you get from that? You know? uh, yeah, and it's important as well to mention that, you know, we, we, we don't, as coaches, we don't have the full picture of a client's life. So they're going to have actually more information than we do about the characters they're telling us in their stories, right? Right. But by taking right, them through right. this journey of, a, of, a, of trying a different perspective, then they can perhaps bring out things that maybe they were unconscious of or that hasn't come yeah. up in the conversation with, with, with us as a coach. So it's a really powerful exercise for getting new perspectives and a whole yeah. plethora of ideas might come out from it. And it's so beautiful because it's kind of like, you know, one thing that I say quite a bit too is 
Do you, uh, uh, can I tell you what? Can I tell you what I'm noticing? Right, and it's just starting to pay attention to to these to these different patterns. I, I notice whenever I, uh, uh, you you talk about this other person, there tends to be like, but they did that, they did this, they did that, they did that, right? And so it almost get a, a sense of of kind of like calling somebody else for something that they did. Right. And what I'm sensing is that you don't have any responsibility in this. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. There's there's nothing wrong with that, man. I'm just I'm just saying that that's a noticing. And yeah. just check in with yourself. Just, just right. let's slow down for a second. Check so in. So there's, 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 there's three <sighs> things here that we that you've just done, which we've talked about. So they're they challenging, right? By noticing something, you allow them to gain introspection, but then you're also probing. Like, what what does that mean for you? As opposed to placing judgment on it, as opposed to saying, "Hey, so I notice you're you're you have this body language every time you say that, like, and that's bad, right? So, so therefore, you are this kind of person. Instead, it's just putting it back on them like a mirror and being like, "So, what what do you think that means for you? Or what what are you learning yeah. about yourself?" through this observation, right? Yeah. And that allows yeah. them to take responsibility and ownership for it and also to open and, their mind to what it could possibly mean. And what I love about that too, too is like when, when there are situations where they're like, oh, why are you asking me this question again or this and that? And it's like, I'll be silent again. You know, <laughs> certain, certain <laughs> times like that. And you know, the interesting thing too is just like, because sometimes what a pattern that I notice across people that I've coached is that they could scoff it off and be like, I know that already, or this, that, and the third. And this way of shutting down so they don't have to really deal with it because then they have to traverse into certain types of realms that would be uncertain that might make them evoke certain types of emotions or certain types of angers that they're, that they're kind of afraid of. They're afraid of that. And so they use it as a defense mechanism. They use I know that already or something as a defense mechanism when underneath it, there's a lot of guilt. When underneath it, there's a lot of resentment. And so to help to, add, to crack through that, and it's just like for anybody that's listening, just notice that when you when you even find yourself, if ever you find yourself saying like, I know this already, or why are they telling me this again? And you're still not doing it though. You're still not doing it though. So yeah, it's just looking into like, what what is it that you're concealing? What is it that's that you're that you're kind of afraid to reveal underneath that? Because uh, that's really a that's just that's a really powerful pace to kind of slowly start to peel back the more tender parts of that onion, mm. onion layers, um, and that's power through the power of you, like you said, the introspection. Yeah, totally. um, and that's a huge role as a coach is to help people to become more self-aware so that they're aware of themselves more in the moment, so they can just realize that they have empowered choices that they can take moving forward. That's not contingent upon the past choices that they made. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And really, from all of this, uh, like, I'm just hoping that people who are listening who may be considering getting a coach or just curious about what a coach is, is I think the real key thing is to really take from this is that when you come to a coach, it's all about it's all about the coach empowering you to tap into your own resources, right? As I said, like, I think a good coach views their client as being whole, complete, and unbroken already and, and not needing fixing. So if you come to a coach wanting advice or wanting to be told what to do, um, then, then coaching may not be right for you. But if you know you are capable, you just want some clarity, you want a direction moving forward, you want a strategy, and you're willing to take responsibility for all of those things, and you want someone that can help you do that by holding you accountable, challenging you, probing you in the right way, helping you gain perspective, helping you with introspection and taking responsibility, motivating and encouraging you to be a better version of yourself, then a coach is the right option for you, right? And, and if you think about it, all great people have coaches, like Oprah Winfrey, has a coach. Bill Gates has a coach. The former CEO of of uh, Google, Eric Schmidt, has a coach. Mm-hmm. Right? Like 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 top performers have coaches. So it's not it's not for people who who are down in the dumps and, and have nowhere 
to go and they need some guidance is for people who believe in themselves, who want to achieve great things, right? And they want to have someone hold them accountable for achieving those great things. So, so if that sounds like someone, if that sounds like you, right, someone who's willing to, to move forward and take responsibility for your life, then, then I would say think about getting a coach. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting that you just said that. I just listened to Trillion Dollar Coach with uh, Bill Campbell, who he's the one who coached Eric Schmidt. He's coached Steve Jobs. You know, he was the he was the coach. And why it's called Trillion Dollar Coach? Because col- co- collaboratively, all of the people that he's worked with, they've grossed into the trillions co- collectively. Right. So, and um, one of the things he mentioned is that even though he did have a lot of business acumen growing up, he was actually formerly a, a football coach. You know, yeah. and so it was through football that football is a sport that requires an insane amount of teamwork. Mm. And even though teamwork intellectually is understood as important in business, it's not always uh, a common practice to do. So, but what he did is that he wouldn't really give too much advice as much as he would do reveal it through stories of past clients and past situations that he's did, and he reflected to them. And what are you getting out of that? What did you get out of the story I just said? He reflected through he reflected a story into a probing question that has Steve Jobs and these and um, these uh, icons of Silicon Valley and in technology to dig into their resourcefulness to to find the answers that they're looking for, knowing that it's been inside. And sometimes they just need the outside perspective, the outside perspective and anecdote and a reflection back with trust built in order for them to dig into that reservoir. Yeah, totally, uh, totally. There we are, there we are. Top tips, man. Uh, this is a juicy subject. Six things there that, uh, that a life coach can, can give to a client come, coming for, um, for a life coaching session. Um, so it's not necessarily advice or any expert. Um, knowledge being passed on from from coach to client, but rather just someone helping you to tap into, as Gavin says, your resourcefulness, right, and helping you become a better version yeah. of yourself, helping you get from A to B. Yeah. Anything you want to add to that? Yeah. Yeah, and and just like lastly, you know, this was a conversation that we had, and if you're really interested in adamant wanting to explore this more, look at the links below. You, you can look at my website and then schedule yourself a 30-minute breakthrough session. I'm sure there's a way for Mike, too. What's a good way to reach you if they're interested in seeing what it's like to work with you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can head over to willingwinning.com. The link would be or, yeah, the link would be somewhere in the bio below. Head over there, and uh, you can go to the apply section. Um, book yourself a slot, and we can have a conversation, an initial conversation, to, to just talk about what your needs and wants are. Yeah, and from that you could really get more of a sneak peek into what is what is that really like? Get more of an experience on that. And otherwise, with that you can find other coaches out there to really just get a taster for yourself, and that'll give you a much uh, better idea. And so, with that being said, once again we have the mic, you know, motivation, introspection, giving that personal responsibility, and learning to really tactfully challenge our clients' beliefs and assumptions through the power of probing questions providing perspective, allowing people to experience a deeper sense of compassion, not just on an intellectual basis where emotions and intellect align. And then through that power of play and curiosity, getting people more attuned to their why, their why power, and also really what they mean in the things that they're actually saying, reading between the lines for that. So with that being said, um, if you dig nine to five with Gavin and Mike, y'all be sure to like, comment, and subscribe y'all. And wherever you are in the world right now. Good morning. Good evening. Ah, and good night.